Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the BHITV podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortune, and today we're going to be talking about the miseducation of the black church and sort of the, the black community as a whole. Uh, but before we get into that, once again, I do want to remind everybody that I am on a Facebook band. So for those of you who are still sending me messages on Facebook, um, I can't get back to you. Facebook won't let me respond to you. So if you do want to get in touch with me, send me an email. Um, best way to get in touch with me, the fastest, would be on the website by leaving a comment on blackhistoryinthebible.com, or you can um, send a message on Patreon if you are a patron, and I'll be able to get back to you much faster. But if you do send me a message on Facebook, it's going to be at least about two weeks before I can get back to you because I still think I have like 12 or 13 days I haven't checked. So there's that. Um, also, as of last night, there is a new network uh, search bar on the BlackHistoryInTheBible.com website. So whatever you want to search for, you can use the new bar, and it will also search MinisterFortson.com and TheAwakeningBible.com. You can search for scriptures now, uh, which is incorporated with TheAwakeningBible.com. You can search for um, anything from angels to Nephilim to, I don't know, uh, any kind of black history, all in one search bar now. I'll be adding that search bar to the Awakening Bible website and ministerfortune.com later on this week. Uh, but basically, it's an internal uh, search for the network, and it only searches those three sites, so you won't get a ton of results from all over Google. Uh, they do return some advertising, just like on the regular Google search, but other than that, it only searches within the network. So you, you'll know if you search for something, it's it's all the studies that I've put together and videos that I've collected from Teo and uh, Stephen Darby Ministries, Pastor Omar, and every other video and uh, map, and you get all that stuff. So, yeah, try out the new search bar. Let me know what you think. If you like it or not, you can find that on the sidebar and at the top of every page. Uh, for those of you who are not patrons yet, there's a ton of free stuff, extras and stuff you get when you become a patron for just $1. If you become a $10 patron, there's a whole other big – there's a couple of welcome packages, actually. It's probably like $100 worth of uh, welcome packages if you become a patron for $10 or more. Uh, so check out the Patreon page. And if you feel led to give, go ahead, sign up. It's only a buck, and you get all the free stuff with it. And for those of you who just want to subscribe and get updates um, but you don't want to become a patron, find the subscription box on the Black History in the Bible website. There is a free book, Pre-Slavery Christianity. It will be sent to you as a PDF. And make sure you click the confirmation link so you can uh, receive emails. All right, so today's study is more of a laid-back study. It's not a real in-depth uh, scriptural study like it has been the last few days. Uh, but I do kind of wanted to address some. I do want to address some stuff that's going on in the uh, black community and black churches. And I'll start with Hosea four six. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and that's just part of the verse. Go read the whole verse for yourself. But I want to focus on that part of the verse. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And this is going to bring us into what I call the slave mentality that still lingers within the black church. Now, during slavery, the slaves, black people, were we were forced to learn the European interpretation of the Bible. And... Many of you know what that is, you know, that Jesus was white, the Hebrews were white, and we have a white Savior, and, you know, everything in the Bible is white. That's how they teach the Bible, and we were forced to learn that. And the slaves were not allowed to learn to read and write, which means that they couldn't, most of them, could not read the Bible for themselves. And so a lot of them would sneak 
to try to learn how to read and then read the Bible because Bibles were more readily available uh, than most other books because we were coming into a time where printing was just starting to really take off. So many of them would try to sneak and read the Bible um, to learn how to read. But the thing is, if they were caught, they would be beaten and sometimes even killed. Now, slavery was a time where a lot of black people were killed. However, um, it's not – as many people weren't killed during slavery, the, the actual slavery, I'm not talking about the transport, as, as people think, because you have to remember, they viewed slavery as a business. These people were property. These people were income. And so while they may beat a slave or maim a slave, in most cases they did not kill slaves. The, the large killing of black people started happening more often after the slaves were freed um, because it's just like, you know, you invest in a business and you go, you know, take the inventory off your shelves and throw it in the garbage or set it on fire. I mean, you're losing money. So they looked at it like that. It was a business. Uh, so, but these, the penalty for learning how to read was, was being beat or in very small cases, death. And so the reason for this, we know why now is because they didn't want us to figure out who we were, but slaves were allowed to preach and here's the thing. It was only certain slaves were allowed to preach, and they were only allowed to preach um, if they taught what the slave master told them to teach. And then they also had to teach under the supervision of sometimes the slave master or one of his workers. So slaves weren't allowed to just take the book and then go off by themselves and teach it and read it and learn for themselves. And so we still have a lot of that slave mentality in the church. The, the pastors teach what they were taught. And what they were taught usually comes from a seminary, which is European-owned and controlled, which means the doctrine is European doctrine. And so these, the black pastors, they take that European doctrine from the European seminary, and then they come, they teach it to the black church. And so then we have a lot of black people who are now um, ingrained with Eurocentric doctrine. So... This, to me, is is a further perpetuation of um, British Israelism into the uh, black community. And what I mean by that is, if you don't, if you aren't familiar with British Israelism, it's basically the the belief that white people are Hebrews. White Jesus was white, and that um, salvation is for whites, and black people are beasts of the field and beasts of burdens, which is how they justify slavery. And so, even in the black church, there's no teaching that. No, we're Hebrews. We're chosen. Uh, we're supposed to be on top. We're not the slave race. This isn't taught like openly in the black church. And I've been to a lot of black churches. And I've never once um, attended a church in person where they taught that we were Hebrews. I've heard people in church say, oh, Jesus was black. And, you know, that's that's it. But it doesn't get any deeper than that in most cases. So uh, moving on here now. If we look at what's being taught in these churches, because it's Eurocentric doctrine, it's led to a lot of people, a lot of people stepping away from the church. Uh, the argument I used to hear the most, before, even before I was awake, was that Christianity is the white man's religion. And um, Christianity was what the slave masters used to justify the slavery of black people. And... I mean, there's so many different arguments, and in a sense, it's true because the doctrine surrounding the Bible is, in a sense, the 
white man's religion or European influence, but the Bible itself is not European of European origin. And so I had to learn how to separate the Bible from the doctrine taught around the Bible. And the longer I stayed in church and started to really hear what people were teaching and then read the Bible, I realized that the religion and the book are two separate things. And a lot of European doctrine, like the majority of European doctrine concerning the Bible, are lies. And one thing that Europeans have become good at is, is deception. And not all Europeans, but the, the powers that be, the people who control the information, the people who control the uh, seminaries. And I'll just give you some examples of European deceptions uh, that we can look at from history. I'll give you one from history, or two from history, and then one from our modern time that we see all the time, right? Uh, Columbus discovering America. We know this isn't true because there were people here in America, the natives, they were here. Uh, we knew that the Egyptians, there's a good chance that they were here. Uh, then you have the Vikings who were here over a thousand years before Columbus. And yet they teach us that Columbus discovered America, right? That's a lie. And that's been written into the history books as if it's factual. And they teach it in the schools as if it's factual. Um, so we're getting a, a Eurocentric education in our schools on top of when we get away from that and end up in a black church on Sunday mornings for those who attend church, then you're getting a Eurocentric education in, in scriptural matters on top of that. So the second example I'll give you is Egypt. Now, recently they've started saying, well, not even recently, they, they've been saying that Egypt um, was a white empire or a Caucasian nation. We know this to not be true because they, in, in their seminaries, will teach that black people came from Ham, and even though Egypt came from Ham, suddenly they don't teach that Egypt is black. They teach that Egypt is white. white. And so there's a contradiction in the teachings, and yet they will roll with that deception and continue to teach it. And then finally, this, this deception is all over TV, and I find out there are so many black people that don't realize it. Popeye's chicken. Now, we see the, the commercials, we see the black lady on there, and she says, my recipes, my chicken, my this, my that. She is a mascot. Popeye's chicken is owned by Europeans. But they have intentionally um, targeted black people as their uh, target customer, their demographic that they're looking for. And they realize, they put, you know, the music they choose, listen to the, um, the New Orleans music in the background. They have the New Orleans spices. They have a whole Louisiana theme. The majority of the uh, cast in the commercials are black. The mascot is black. Her accent, everything is specifically made and designed to draw in black people. Even her words of saying, my chicken, my this, my that, and it's not hers. So this, this is a deception, an ongoing deception, like almost everything you see. You have the, the spiritual deception in the church. You have the historical deception. You have even the deception when it comes to marketing and advertising and stuff. So let's let's look at how we deal with that. And I believe one of the, the ways we do that is through black empowerment. And I'm not talking to just economic empowerment, which is, you know, it's a good idea. However, you know, people have been talking about it for years, and the reason it hasn't worked is because we don't understand our national identity. And the more we start to understand about ourselves, the more you can kind of see that society is changing a little bit, right? So, for example, you have all the, the gang stuff that was going on back in the 80s and 90s, right? It's not so active anymore. 
right? Because more people are starting to be enlightened. Some people are getting into commit. Some people are getting into the African ancestry. Some people are, you know, understanding that we are Hebrews. But you start to see that the more we start to align our identity and become more and more specific, we're starting to see that the gang violence that used to be so prevalent is starting to come down. There's still violence, like in Chicago and stuff, but I think the Chicago whole Chicago thing is suspicious. They they keep labeling it as black on black crime, and yet they aren't catching the people doing the shooting. So how can you label it as a black on black crime before you catch a black person responsible for that crime? So I think I think there's something fishy about what's going on in Chicago. But the point being is when you start to establish a national identity, then people start to take pride in themselves, right? So you have like um, I'll give you an interesting thing. So the first thing they did was strip us of our um, identity when we got over here. They stripped our names. They stripped our language, our religion. Uh, they split apart the family so we had no history. So everybody was basically alone. Um, you know, you had a couple, you had people that stuck together or were able to stay together. But essentially, most people ended up alone or split up or not knowing where they came from. And so we all started to bond together and form families from the people we were around versus, you know, our actual family, which is why we constantly refer to each other as brothers and sisters. Even though we may not know that other person, it's nothing for a black person to say my brother or my sister to another black person who they have never seen before in a day in their life because we understand that we share this, this common bond, this common ancestry. Now, we didn't know what it was before, but the more we start to narrow it down, the more our communities start to change. And so now what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more people starting to be outspoken about our history, a lot more people starting to enlighten our brothers and sisters about our history. And this is – I'm going to – I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I am going to get into the music aspect of it, the music industry. Even the music industry is starting to change. We went from gangster rap in the 90s into party music in the early 2000s, Puffy and the Locks with shiny suits on, and, and everything became party music, and now it's just pure party music. The message is, is crazy now, but the, the vibe is different. It's not a – it's not a vibe of constantly wanting to kill black people, which was the theme of the 90s. It was, it was kill, gangbang, shoot people, you know, pimping and, you know, all that. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to come back to that. So what we need to do is recognize our true enemy. And our true enemy well, – let me, let me back up real quick. About the, let me get back to our, uh, our historical part, the black empowerment part, right? So there's nothing more empowering than knowing – the truth about the Bible, in my opinion, that our ancestors were Hebrews. The Bible was written for us, by us, and about our ancestors. It contained the prophecies of our future and who we are, who our God is, the Most High, who the Savior is, Christ. And that right there is empowering to know that you are not the tail, but you are the head. And now we understand that we are in slavery because of what our ancestors did, not because we are cursed by God as um, evil people or we're beasts of burden, always meant to be slaves, or any of the stuff that Eurocentric Christianity teaches in some of these seminaries. And the Bible goes as far as to say that our people were chosen above all people of the earth. And the fact that there's an explanation out there lets us know that, okay, there were a set of rules, but more importantly, there was the most high God 
or is the most high God, and he cares about us. The, the highest being in existence specifically cares about us, a people who are basically rejected and um, oppressed constantly to the point that it seems like there's no hope. And a lot of people had hoped that Obama would change things. And this isn't like a, a diss to Obama or anything like that. They had hoped that Obama would change things. And I believe that Obama was placed in office by the Most High to show us that you can get somebody. If America is considered to be the most powerful nation in the world and the president, the office of president is considered to be the highest office in the most powerful nation in the world, and yet we're still in the condition we're in, that shows us that not even a black president in the highest office on this planet can get us out of this condition. So who do we have to turn to? We have to turn to something higher than the president. We have to turn to a deity. And when I say deity, I mean deities in general. We have to turn to a deity, right? Now, don't, don't stop listening before I finish. So people are understanding that there is a need to pray, right? So this is the first step. Now, which one do we turn to? Well, we see in Egypt, what did they do in Egypt? They worshiped all kinds of gods. And instead of just bringing them out of Egypt and leaving it a mystery, God, one by one, dismantled all the other gods that couldn't do anything, right? So we've been, we've been praying for 400 years, right? And we understand now that the reason we've been praying for 400 years and nothing has happened is because we were under a curse. So now we, we understand that, okay, the gods of Egypt can't free us. So all them dudes in Kemet and all that Kemet, all that stuff, they can, they can go pray to them gods and all that. That's not going to change anything, right? So God has already established that the Egyptian gods can't do anything um, to us or for us or, you know, help us. When they were all over the Middle East, all those Arab gods, God handled all that stuff, Dagon and all these other gods that they were worshiping. So we know we're not supposed to pray to any of them, right? The Bible tells us who to pray to, the most high God, right? So we have to rely on him and him alone to get us out of the situation because if we look back through history – the entire point of all this was so that we would understand that nobody, no other gods could get us out, right? Because he declared uh, the curse on us, right? So if these other gods were more powerful than him, they could have got us from under his curse, but they couldn't get us out from under his curse. So the first level of understanding is to understand that we need to go above the office of the president of the United States into the spiritual realm. And then the next step is to understand that there's nobody on the level of the most high God, and so we go straight to him, and we don't pray to anything else. So I hope that came across clear because I didn't want to misconvey that message. So in this, in, this, this, in this miseducation of the black church, we need to recognize that who our true enemy is. And, and some people believe, oh, the white man's our enemy, and that's not necessarily true. And even Esau isn't even our main enemy. The the main enemy is Satan. Let's not lose track that the main enemy is Satan. He's the one behind the scenes. The Bible calls him the God of this world. He told the Messiah during the temptation that it was given unto him to put anybody in charge that he wants. That was given unto him. So if that's given unto him, we just have to look at who's in charge. If If they're in charge right now and – they are Satan's players. That means he placed them in that position, whether they know it or not. He is putting people in position. And let's, let's look at his tactic. He doesn't try to erase the narrative. He attempts to change the narrative to achieve a desired result. So when Eve was at the tree and she said, we, we can eat of any tree except for this one, and, um, but if we eat of it, we'll, we'll die – 
And he says, no, you won't die. He didn't, he didn't try to erase the tree. He didn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't try to change all that. He just changed the narrative of you shall surely die to you shall not surely die. That's his narrative, right? So he deals in opposites, right? So God told Eve she'd die. Satan told her that she would. The Bible says Hebrews are black. So what does the enemy do? He moves in his version of Hebrews. They're white. He puts them in there, and he starts to build a history around it. All the paintings of Hebrews before the Renaissance are black. So what do you do? Replace them with white. This is what you do. You don't deny that the Hebrews exist. You say, yeah, they existed, but they weren't black. They were white. You just change the narrative. Um, the Bible says Hebrews are chosen. So what does the enemy do? He says, yeah, Hebrews are chosen, but these guys aren't Hebrews. These guys are rejected. These guys are Kenites. These guys are uh, seeds of Cain. They're seeds of the serpent. I mean, there's all kind of different stuff that they call us. The Bible says we were cursed for correction. God says, I will correct you in measure and send you through the fire. But the enemy wants us to believe our black skin is a curse based on some past evil. They blame the curse of Ham or the curse of Cain or any number of curses, right? Uh, call us beasts of the field, saying we're not from Adam. The Bible says Hebrews will rule in the coming kingdom, but the enemy wants the world to believe that we're nothing more than a slave race. So, Again, it's, it's a dealing in opposites. The Bible teaches Hebrew supremacy, but the, the enemy wants us to believe in white supremacy. The Bible teaches that the Gentiles will be ruling the earth when, when Christ returns to set us free. And so they have a doctrine now that we are living in the kingdom because the Europeans are ruling right now. This is, this is coming out of the seminaries and um, British Israelism and Christian identity and some of the other um, European-based religions. Uh, the Bible and history teaches that our ancestors fled from Israel into Africa to escape the Romans. When they migrated to Africa, they became the target of the transatlantic slave trade. And yet European doctrine teaches that Hebrews did not migrate into Africa or did not, did not migrate into Africa and weren't taken on ships, but they migrated into the other nations and started mixing with everyone else in Europe. They don't teach that they went down in Africa at all. We know this is they went to the Africa. Um, the reason they teach the, the false Egyptian thing is because the Bible says the Hebrews look like Egyptians. So now they're saying, oh, these aren't black Egyptians on the wall. These are dark-skinned Caucasians. So th this is a – the enemy doesn't deny that the stuff is there. He just changes the narrative. And who – like the, that, that narrative is so ridiculous to us. The dark-skinned Caucasian narrative sounds so ridiculous to us, and yet many of them embrace it. So our true enemy isn't white people. It's, it's false doctrine and the lack of knowledge. As I said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. So if the enemy is um, the, uh, false doctrine, the lack of knowledge, which is pushed out by Satan, it's basically the one-two punch of deception. It's a guaranteed knockout. Because if you don't know, if you don't have the knowledge, then you don't understand that you're being deceived by false doctrine. And that's what lures a lot of people in is because some people appear to have more knowledge, and so they come to that, but they don't have the knowledge themselves to discern the true intent of those people. So let's look at some of the false doctrine that's been pushed into the black community. Uh, so I, I spoke on Columbus, discovering America. Uh, now, we, now we're seeing in Israel the teaching that the Ashkenazis are Hebrew and have the rights to the land of Israel. That's a false doctrine that's been pushed on the world. It's not a denial of the chosen people. It's just a reassignment of the chosen people. They call America the land of the free, and yet we imprison more people than any other nation. They teach that America is a Christian nation, and yet America is, is full of idolatry. Uh, they, you pledge allegiance to a flag, 
and to the republic. The flag is an inanimate object. Why do you have to venerate? Put your hand over your heart and pledge allegiance to an inanimate object. That is idol worship. You can say it's patriotism. That is idolatry disguised as patriotism. Right, and I could go on and on, and I do have a show coming about America and the idolatry and how all the days of the week are named after different gods and goddesses, and all the holidays are based on pagan rituals. Uh, we could go on and on about that, but I'm going to do that on a different show. And the black church largely has been used to push a lot of false narrative and deception into the black community. For example, the black community at large and in most churches believe that black people should vote Democrat, right? And yet they refuse to look at the Democrat history, and when you try to educate them on a Democrat history, they get upset. For example, the KKK were Democrats, period. KKK were Democrats, and in the 70s, Republicans got tired of losing, so they they developed the Southern strategy, and they used it to attract some, not all, some of the racist Democrats over to the Republican Party. So what you have is a split of a racist party and an infiltration of the second party, Republicans, um, yeah, by Democrats, by racist Democrats, right? So now, what happens if you were friends with all the – if you were a Democrat, a racist Democrat, you're friends with um, racist Democrats, and now you go be Republican? Do you guys stop being friends, or do you guys work together to influence things now that you decide? So Democrats, they begin pushing welfare. Basically, it keeps poor people poor because if you make too much money, you can't get any help, which puts you on the level of – still being poor, and if you're poor, you can only get a certain amount of help to a point, which is just enough help to keep you poor, right? And then you have the Republicans with a war on poor people. So you have the Democrats trying to keep you poor, and then the Republicans waging a war on poor people. You have abortion, right? If you don't know what the Negro Project is, look up the Negro Project for those that support Planned Parenthood. Uh, Margaret Sanger wanted to uh, legally uh, wipe out Negroes. That was her vision. So you have Hillary, who says she admires this woman's vision. I'll let you figure out why she admires that woman's vision. So the Negro Project was basically to take control away from, or the Planned Parenthood was basically to take control away from the black fathers, right? Because the black fathers now have no say in whether or not their children are born, period. It, it is 100% on the woman whether or not she wants to have an abortion, right? So you have no say whether or not life gets born in the family. And if life is born and that, that woman wants to put you on child support, you have no say on how it affects your finances, right? So now... It's impacting the black community in multiple ways unless that, you know, that black family happens to, to be married or there is a situation where they're um, unmarried and they still live together and raise the kids together. But basically the Democrat platform is, is an assault on the black family at multiple levels. And then you have the crime bill, right, passed by the Democrats. Uh, this was under Bill Clinton's watch and Hillary and Trump, both Hillary and Trump, supported this. And the crime bill led to black men getting life sentences for minor crimes, marijuana and other stuff like that, right? Now, this destroyed a lot of black families. They took the men off the streets, put them in prison. So now you have a whole generation growing up without, without fathers in their lives, right? So the Democrats are constantly, constantly assaulting the black family. And then on the other side of the crime bill, you have the Republicans who are pushing. They're pro-police, pro-police brutality pro-police shooting black people, and the Democrats are pro-locking black people up for life. So these two parties are working together, and people act like they don't see this, and they probably don't see it, but the black church could do more. And then you have the camps, right? You have the camps outside of um, the black church. People come away from that. And as I've gone over for the last couple of times, 
The camps are teaching hatred for Esau, which is a deception. They're teaching Hebrew-only salvation, which is a deception. So you're getting deceived on a spiritual level. You're getting deceived in the community. And you have the black consciousness movement teaching that black woman is God. Like, we aren't gods. We could have got ourselves up out of this if we were gods. They're teaching Christianity is the white man's religion, which we know isn't true. It's just a deception because Satan changed the narrative. Christianity is a Hebrew religion. Hebrews are black. So Satan doesn't deny the Bible. changes the narrative. And then we get to the finally, we're going to come to the Jewish-run music industry used to tarnish our image. What do we see? And, and just, just go look and see who owns the music industry. It's mostly Jews, right? So we see pimps and hoes on, on the music videos. We see drug dealing. We see drug abuse. We see them rapping about shooting each other. And now they want to call themselves savages, right? So that was the excuse they used to murder us all this time is calling us savages, call the native savages, call the Mexican savages, and they murder us. And now it's a cool thing to be a savage, and we see cops murdering us, right? So we see this narrative here, right? Everybody talks about being a boss, but nobody owns anything. They don't own their own businesses. They don't own nothing, but they're a boss, right? Taught in the black church. And I got about 30 seconds here before I run out of time, but the black church needs to wake up, and the pastors really need to start teaching the truth from the pulpit because they're the reason people are leaving the church. And if you don't understand fully, check out my article, The Full Armor of God, The Physical Nature of Spiritual Warfare. I'll have that posted on the site. Uh, so I'm out of time now, but make sure you tune in next time. Until then, I'm out.